Welcome in, everybody, to the Big 12 football and beyond for this Thursday, January 16th. If you're just joining us this week, you may notice a little bit of a change. Yes, that's what we've done. We have altered the shows a little bit. We come to you five days a week talking college football. We'll talk a lot, and boy, do we have a lot to get to today. We'll talk on the national level, the latest news, the latest information regarding college football nationally at the top, and we're going to do that in just a second. Uh, And then we'll get into more detail in the conference section where we'll take a different conference each day. And Thursday's Big 12 day. Friday is Pac-12 and beyond. Monday, SEC and beyond. Tuesday, ACC and beyond. Wednesday, Big Ten and beyond. And, yes, we do get into G5 uh, schools as well. This podcast is brought to you, as always, by our great friends at 401K Generation. Eddie Rojas and his team of financial professionals can be reached by phone or by text, 1-866-998-5879. And you want to call them? Why? You want to text them? Why? Because they are the financial professionals that are licensed in all 50 states that can help you with your 401K, with your IRA, whether that's where you need to go or somewhere else. Are you doing the right things to invest to meet your financial goals? That's what you need to do. Make sure that you get your financial checkup today by calling or texting Eddie today at one 998 5879 Again, want to remind you, since we are doing these podcasts every day, uh, we're going to make it easier for you. So we've transitioned, again, all five shows into one channel. So you can get all of your college football insight into one place. Because we're doing a show every day, like today. Yeah, it's Big 12 Day. As you're going to see, we got a whole lot of information outside the Big 12 off the top. Every day is different. Every day is, you know, a, a different amount of information. So you'll want to check into us every day. And how do you do it? You go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, and look for Landry Football's Conference Call. That's where you're going to find all five of these conference podcasts. Um, so be sure to do that today. Also, um, we're not going to get into a lot of it today, time permitting, but we've got everything covered in greater depth. Uh, recruiting analysis, uh, all-star games. We've got the East-West game this week practices. Want to know how the players are doing, how practices are going, who's looking good? Got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of it today. We've got a 50% discount holiday special that's still in effect. You're a pro football fan, free agency, the whole draft process. We got it covered for you. Uh, obviously, you're hopefully you're a college football fan if you're listening to this show. Certainly all the recruiting analysis, working on the top 100 for the class of 2021 while continuing to provide for you the analysis and the latest information in our recruiting notebooks for this coming class of 2020, which is almost put to bed and will be in, gosh, a little less than a month now. We are January 16th, so the February signing day is upon us. So with that out of the way, Let's get to the news of the day. We're going to run through it to make sure that you're on top of everything. Going to get to some coaching news nationally. Joe Moorhead, former Mississippi State head coach, is now the new offensive coordinator at Oregon. Expected 
Um, that is done. Bob Petrino's made a return going to uh, Springfield, Missouri, to be the new head coach at Missouri State. Um, the latest, we've got it on LandryFootball.com, detailed more information, but Justin Fuente is definitely in talks with Baylor. My theory is, if you listen to yesterday's show, if you go back and look at LandryFootball.com, he would like to get a new deal at Virginia Tech. I think it's more than a leverage play. Leverage plays require you to have somewhere to land if you're called out on it. I don't. If he does not get an extension at Virginia Tech, I think he's going to go to Baylor if they offer him the job. Does it mean that Virginia Tech should or should not make that extension? I just think that's what's at play here. So stay tuned. We should know something. 43-year-old Fuente is 33-20 and 20 over four seasons at Virginia Tech, uh, but it's not been quite as good. Justin, as, as, as expected, Justin kind of feels like he kept things in place at Virginia Tech as the administration had hoped they would with Bud Foster and others on the staff. I think he feels like uh, he'd like to put his own stamp on it, should be rewarded for that. Uh, and whether he's deserving of not of it or not, folks, I know there are a lot of Virginia Tech fans just saying, hey, don't do that, don't give them that, and that's fine. But also keep in mind that if there's another option and somebody does want to hire him, like Baylor, you might lose him. And that you might be fine with that, but that's kind of where we're headed. If that doesn't take place, Brian Harson of Boise and Billy Napier of Louisiana Lafayette are other two names that are under consideration for Baylor, as well as the possibility of promoting from within. But things are moving, and certainly I think the Justin Fuente situation is being fully exhausted by Baylor. Hey, some news um, out of Alabama with Tua Tungvaloa. Now expected to throw perhaps in April for NFL teams, not for the Combine, of course, uh, too soon uh, in in a month from now, but in April is a possibility. Some national announcements returning or staying in college. Mississippi State's outstanding running back, Colin Hill, is returning for a senior at Mississippi State for Mike Leach. Iowa's outstanding offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs, uh, a really good player, um, I think has a chance to go very high, uh, and uh, he's uh, going to come out for the NFL draft. LSU, a plethora of guys. As we're taping this, uh, late, or actually it's uh, it's uh, 8.45 Central Time on Wednesday evening, just got word that Clyde Edwards-Alaire from LSU is coming out declaring for the NFL draft, a center Lord Cushenberry of LSU coming out for the NFL draft, Ella, the receiver from LSU, Justin Jefferson, declaring for the NFL draft, as is linebacker Patrick Queen, safety Grant Delpit, all declaring for the NFL draft from LSU. Jacoby Stevens is coming back. At Clemson, T. Higgins has declared for the draft. We're keeping you update in our notebooks every day. Um... Obviously, that deadline is fast approaching. And, of course, we're going to see the final stages of who's coming, who's staying. Alabama's Najee Harris is returning to Alabama. Big for them. So um, that's kind of what's going on from a national standpoint. Um, 
want to get into some conference conversations now in the Big 12. One of the things that I wanted to bring up is some general thoughts as we put the season to bed. It's been to bed ever since Oklahoma lost in the semifinal to LSU for the Big 12. Do you have a feel? It's early. Do you have a feel that any Big 12 team is a real playoff threat? Uh, we know Oklahoma has gotten in, certainly capable again, but anybody a national championship caliber threat out of this conference at this point? If you think about it, it was an awful bowl season. That doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the conference, but certainly the fact that Oklahoma has made the playoffs have been uh, – not competitive this year, and every year I think is regressed from the pretty good one-half performance against Georgia to a lesser performance against Alabama to completely being blown out against LSU. You can look at all three appearances a little differently because you're playing a different caliber of opponent, and this year's LSU team was the best. I know that a lot of LSU, uh, a lot of Oklahoma folks uh, were glad that they got LSU in the opening round because they thought their chances were better by playing LSU as opposed to Clemson or or, uh, Ohio State. Certainly not the case. Certainly I did not subscribe to that theory. So the question is, uh, is anybody poised to make a run? Don't know that Oklahoma is going to be as good as they were. We'll see. We've got some good news on the recruiting front for them uh, in terms of their future, but they don't look like a playoff caliber team right now. And certainly, even with Sam Ellinger coming back, Texas is not. Baylor, how much of a step back do they take with Matt Rule? Look, we talk about the Big 12, and we really study each conference individually. It's a good league with good teams in it, but not the national caliber teams And that's how, as we sit here, as we put the college playing season to bed for this year, that's the way it looks. It's going to be interesting to see as we put all things together through the transfer portal, through everything, does it look a little bit different as the season approaches? Keep your eye on that. I'd be interested in your thoughts and questions on that, and we'll see where it plays out. All right, want to get into some more NFL draft declaration news Uh, within the conference that you may have missed over the past several days. The biggest news, I think, is Oklahoma State redshirt sophomore Judah Hubbard announcing that he's returning to school for the 2020 season. Boy, what an outstanding back he is. Great playmaking ability. Raw speed, one of the best in the country. One of just seven players to rush for at least 20 touchdowns in 2019. Um, Going back to school, it's going to be outstanding. Might be a good year for the Cowboys. Spencer Sanders and Tylen Wallace and Judah Hubbard, a good trifecta there. Oklahoma's redshirt sophomore center Creed Humphrey announced Friday that he's going to return to school for 2020. Uh, good for him. He needs another year in my mind. Really emerging player. Good-looking offensive lineman. Um, you know, I thought Tyler Biotich of, of Wisconsin was a little more consistent throughout the year, but Creed was certainly in that group with some of the best centers in the country that I graded on film. Starting all 14 games, um, and uh, it's obviously they scored a lot of points, and offensively 
up front. They continue to do a really good job. Baylor's defensive lineman, fine defensive lineman, James Lynch is declared for the draft. 6'4", one of the best defensive linemen in the country this past year. Certainly one of the best in the Big 12. 41 total tackles, 19.5 for loss, 13.5 sacks, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, 13 hurries, five pass breakups. Uh, he's Baylor's all-time sack leader, and he had, had an impact on special teams with block kicks. Big-time interior power rusher with underrated quickness, going to be a really good player on the next level and a big loss for the Baylor Bears. Texas Tech redshirt junior defensive end Houston Millers declared for the draft. Did that on Monday. Um, you know, he's a backup defensive end, special teams player. Didn't see a lot of time. Um, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that uh, he's coming out. Uh, one of these situations you look at is uh, maybe not much of a fit, maybe didn't want to transfer, maybe not excited about school. I, it's one of those uh, head scratchers of guys that are coming out that really do not fit. Um, going to talk a little bit about some of the guys that are in bowl games, um, these all-star bowl games now from the conference. West Virginia corner Keith Washington is a, is in the East-West Shrine game. TCU guard uh, Iwan, uh, Cordell Iwanago is also practicing in the Shrine game, having a good week. Baylor tackle Jake Frumorgan is uh, is there as well, as is uh, Zach Shackelford, the, the Texas center. Iowa State uh, senior tackle Julian Good-Jones. All are participating this week here at the East-West uh, Shrine game practices. So be on the lookout for them this weekend as that game is Saturday. Some transfer news around the conference. And again, remember, we cover kind of in the region the group of five schools. By now, you have heard that Houston's outstanding dual threat athletic quarterback, Derek King, has entered the transfer portal. Um, He's supposed to be a senior this past year, and he redshirted uh, along with some other players at Houston. We said at that time, He's not going to stay at Houston. The idea was we're going to redshirt and come back next year. Uh, it had transfer portal written all over it. 2018, his last full season, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, 14 rushing touchdowns. Right now, looks like Arkansas is making a strong push. Miami has an interest. A lot of folks will have some level of interest. It will be interesting to see. Uh, where he takes visits and where he ultimately will end up. But Houston King is, uh, excuse me, Houston's Derek King is going to be a coveted player. Texas Tech redshirt junior tight end Tyler Carr has entered the transfer portal. Wasn't used a whole lot in their offense as an H-back type. He uh, served along the defensive line in his redshirt freshman year. Um, It's a grad transfer, so he'll get immediate eligibility, be a depth guy. Oklahoma State. Uh, freshman tight end Grayson Boomer is officially transferred to Tulsa. He's the younger brother of Tulsa quarterback Seth Boomer. Didn't play in any games this last year. They're from Collinsville, Oklahoma. He's going to sit out this year. Uh, also going to Tulsa is former Texas A&M sophomore linebacker Brian Johnson. Is a hybrid uh, linebacker safety. Good special teams player. He's going to Tulsa. Uh, as well as A&M redshirt freshman running back Daneric Prince 
his transfer at 6'1", 211, three-star kid, um, ended the transfer portal in mid-September. He is going to Tulsa as well. Baylor redshirt, sophomore defensive lineman Deontay Williams has entered the transfer portal, suffered that brutal arm injury in 2018, temporarily retired, didn't play this past season. He's been medically cleared, wants to pursue his options through the portal. Uh, Kansas State redshirt freshman quarterback John Holcomb has transferred to Florida A&M, played sparingly in three games this season before uh, entering into the portal. So curious to see where he might go. Now, you probably, this was a few days ago, you heard that Texas Tech junior quarterback Jeff Duffy is trying to transfer to Tulane. He was denied admissions academically, so um, he's reopening his recruitment. We're going to see where he ends up and keep you posted, not only here, but particularly follow it over at LandryFootball.com in our notebooks where we keep this updated daily. Troy James, Oklahoma's redshirt sophomore defensive lineman has entered the transfer portal. Three-star kid coming out. Um, redshirt in 2017, appeared in nine games, primarily a special teams guy. He had a tackle, played a little bit against UCLA. Um, not much of a factor there, looking for some other opportunities. Um, at Texas Tech redshirt, senior Seth Collins has been granted a six-year of eligibility. He missed the entire 19 season after suffering the broken collarbone. And he had last spring. Um, he appeared in 12 games in 2018 season. So good news for them uh, getting another year. And see if Seth with the, his size, 6'3", 198 pounds, good size receiver for him. Oklahoma State redshirt junior Chadrick McCoffman has entered his name in the transfer portal. He's a, a big, angular, 6'6", 200-pound uh, big receiver. Missed the 18 season with a torn ACL. Looking for a fresh start. Uh, he'll get it. Um, Donovan Duvernay, the uh, redshirt junior defensive back out of Texas, also entering the portal. Small kid, uh, uh, not real uh, productive, but looking for maybe an opportunity to get another shot. Uh, somewhere and maybe re rejuvenate his career. Um, his brother, uh, uh, you know, Devin is the player. Uh, Donovan hadn't been quite, uh, hadn't made quite the impact um, in Austin. In coaching news, Texas has hired Coleman Hutzler to be their special teams and linebacker coach. Started his career as an assistant special teams coordinator at Florida under Will Muschamp. He's hired by Steve Adazio. Um, to be uh, the linebacker coach and special teams coach at BC. And he reunited with Muschamp at South Carolina, um, where he remained until now. He's going to work with Chris Ash uh, on that side of the ball. They also signed Jay um, Valai, will serve as their uh, new cornerback coach. Played safety at Wisconsin back in like, uh, 2006, 2009, 2010, in that range. So the defensive analyst for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, transitioned to the college level last February, was at Rutgers. So he has uh, helped, obviously, as a background with Chris Ash. And so uh, that led to his uh, hiring there. At Oklahoma State, assistant head coach and wide receiver coach Casey Dunn has been promoted to offensive coordinator. Dunn was looking like he was going to head it, uh, to join UNLV, but he's sticking around and uh, getting that promotion Obviously, Sean Gleason, um, uh, you know, um, was elevated uh, 
uh, due to the departure of Sean Gleason, who's uh, now at Rutgers. So uh, former New, Mex- New Mexico defense coordinator Jordan Peterson has been named the new safeties coach at Kansas. Um, he comes to them, um, was, again, from New Mexico, coordinator there, safeties coach prior to that, former A&M defensive back, if you remember. He spent five seasons at Fresno State and coached secondary outside backers, recruiting coordinator. Um, good uh, good player there, so uh, outstanding for him. And for uh, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, he hired Dave Andrews to be the new team's strength and conditioning coach. Um, if you remember, Dave was on Ohio State's 2002 national championship team, hired away, um, um, went to Pitt, served as a strength coach for Narducci. Uh, he was a strength and conditioning coach for the U.S. Olympic team. Um, so it's really good, good get for Matt Campbell at uh, Iowa State. Oklahoma State has hired Tim Rattay from the Washington Redskins, obviously, Lost in uh, lost his job when Ron Rivera came in with the Redskins. Uh, he had an opening, and he's going to join Oklahoma State staff. Really good get for them. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, will help them a lot in terms of their quarterback development, which they've always had some guys and done a good job with them. So good addition there. Um, also at Kansas, wide receiver coach Emmett Jones has been named the new passing game coordinator. He's one of uh, Les Miles' first hires when he got there. So congrats to him. Penn State wide receiver coach Gerard Parker is going to be the new OC at West Virginia. He was Parker was hired to replace David Corley last January and one season uh, did a really good job at Penn State. Of course, he had K.J. Hamler there, among others. Uh, co-coordinators Matt Moore and Chad Scott are still on the West Virginia coaching staff uh, as of the weekend, and I expect them to stay, but nothing definite there. There could be some more... Uh, changes on Neil Brown's staff between now, more likely after signing day. So we'll see. Um, safeties coach for Texas Tech, Kerry Cooks, will not return to the program. Of course, he was a former assistant at Oklahoma and Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Um, Todd Orlando has been named to the Texas Tech, Texas Tech staff as assistant head coach and linebackers coach. Um, you know, of course, he was at Texas, one of the highly paid defense coordinators, was let go from there previously uh, on a defensive coordinator for Matt Wells at Utah State from 2013 and 14. So we'll see what they can do there. Some recruiting news. Um, 2020, 2022, excuse me, linebacker Kobe McKenzie uh, announces verbal to Oklahoma. Good-looking linebacker. Um, they need more of these type of guys uh, in Norman McKenzie's um, uh, one of the top 40 players in that class. Um, good-looking kid, 6'3", 227 pounds. It can really run, athletic. So it's a good get for them uh, in that class. So I uh, wanted to also make mention, too, that there's been some conversation, not so much publicly, but behind the scenes, I know that um, the folks at BYU have still talked about wanting to join a Power Five conference. And, um, you know, it was Tom Homo, the the former uh, BYU great player, athletic director, when they broke away from the Mountain West Conference, became an independent. Um, they A couple of things about BYU. They certainly have a lot of money with their LDS mission program. And if you've ever been on that campus, they have 
one of the more unbelievable broadcast facilities due to that they use for the LDS mission, and they've got a lot of money. They've, as I thought they would, are running into a little bit of trouble scheduling, particularly Power Five level as an independent, uh, and it's and it's going to be a challenge. You're playing kind of an unbalanced schedule. Don't have a conference championship to compete on, and I think they really are interested in trying to join a Power Five league. I'm mentioning them here because, of course, they they tried to get involved in the Big 12, see what will happen. You know, everyone asks me about, well, why doesn't the Big 12 add a couple of teams? Uh, BYU makes some sense. Maybe Houston makes some sense. The, the thing about adding to the conference, you always have to look at what does adding two schools bring to your program. You know, fans look at it and say, well, you got two more teams, and maybe BYU will be, real, will be really good, and Houston will be really good. It makes the conference stronger. You have to really look at it. Will it do that? Uh, financially, does it make a lot of sense? I think certainly Houston with the Tillman Fertitta money and what their impact uh, they hope to be, BYU financially certainly are capable. Let's keep an eye out on it. But, you know, what are they willing to to do to come into the league, um, the financial structure of what they get and how long it takes to get a full piece of the pie, and is it does it make sense for the Big 12? In essence, you might look at it and say adding two schools to the Big 12 that are pretty good names, and there have been other people mentioned like Central Florida as well, um, about putting two teams in. It's not just about throwing a couple of two team, couple of teams that might play pretty good football into the mix. It's what financially can they bring to the table. That's the real challenge. And the Big 12 um, is not the money pit that the SEC, the Big 10, and even now with the ACC's new deal, um, they won't make quite the money. The Pac-12 is even behind those conferences, but yet still ahead of the Big 12. Texas has their own deal. It's going to be interesting to see um, how they might structure things. I have discussed it for a while as to what might happen when the Longhorn Network deal runs out with ESPN. Will will ESPN stance be on it? Would they like to do something to have a little bit more of a Big 12 overall feel to it? We all know that Texas kind of runs this conference politically. Uh, be interesting to see. But it is something that is being talked about, at least something that the BYU folks are trying to push and trying to get powers that be involved. So I wanted to discuss it. Not that I think it's imminent. In fact, I would say that it is probably not at this point. I uh, want to remind you again that um, we are, with these changes of making the show every day we're taking your questions you've got any question that you want me to address i'll be glad to address it just continue to do by going to landryfootball.com hit contact chris and i'll address it if you want it on a particular day like particular show that's fine we'll get to them in the in the early phase of each show so that if you are a fan of a particular conference let's say you're a fan of the Big 12 and you're listening to this entire conference. Well, we hope you're listening to the entire show on the SEC, ACC, Big 10, Pac-12 days. But if you're not, if you're only interested in the Big 12, 
know that if there's news around the Big 12, like, for example, we will advance tomorrow any issues on Baylor and the Baylor search on the Pac-12 show tomorrow. We're going to do that because that's relevant to the format of what we're trying to do. Um, But if you are a fan of one conference and want to focus in on that conference um, show, I would encourage you to at least listen to the first part of each show every day because we'll be covering pertinent things that are around the country. So make sure that you check on that. Um, Want to also uh, tell you that the even more transfer news, more information about NFL draft news and workout news at these um, uh, all-star, you know, the East-West game, uh, the Senior Bowl next week, uh, we're going to have all of that for you on LandryFootball.com, as well as for you pro football fans, breakdowns of conference championship game, uh, our NFL draft boards, our free agent boards, and again, recruiting. We're taking uh, a deep, hard look at everything, including the start of the 2021 class and beyond. So make sure that you keep it on LandryFootball.com today. Um, wanna um, Before we head on out for the day, Talk a little bit something that I think is really unique in that as we talked at the early stages of this podcast, where the conference is in terms of national perspective. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. As I said that there was not, in my opinion, a team that looked like it fit in the national playoff, national championship caliber perspective. The reality is very few of them are, aren't they? I mean, think about it. Next year's a different year. Is LSU going to be in that mix? Probably not quite as good. Is Alabama going to be back? The one thing I would say nationally, um, Clemson looks like a team that's going to be back because of what they've got coming back, the talent, the quarterback, and the fact that the conference is so manageable that is very likely. Uh, The Big Ten is tougher than the ACC. But at this point, I don't see anybody beating Ohio State. Justin Fields is coming back. They're losing some guys, no doubt. That's going to be a really good Ohio State team. Kind of like Clemson and Ohio State chances of returning again. Beyond that, um, and you don't know, last year at this time, it was a foregone conclusion. Hey, Alabama and Clemson are going to be there, right? Well, Clemson was, Alabama wasn't. Uh, It looks like Ohio State and Clemson will likely be there. But everybody else, it's open. Don't see anybody emerging in the Pac-12. Don't know that Oregon is going to make that type of run at Washington. It it just doesn't look like that. Um, It does not look like a Big 12 team is in that mix. It's certainly not a second team from the ACC. Um, really not, you know, Notre Dame um, might be on the, the, the outside edges, but probably no better position than maybe an Oklahoma or an Oregon. We'll see how things play out. Um, but probably in that mix. Don't know that I see a second team from the Big Ten. The SEC, that's where you probably look at the third team. Is it going to maybe be Georgia this year? Just um, – uh, does Newman put Georgia at the quarterback position, placing Jake Fromm in that position? Does Alabama return? 
You know, so even though we're looking at it and all the talk about should we stay it for, expand, whatever the case may be, reality is there's still a potential spot. And while it looks doom and gloom, I would say that the challenge in this league is that we've got maybe a little bit of a stigma in the Big 12 that, you know, it's it's a little bit fun and gun. They don't play defense. Well, the reality is there's some teams that play better defense and the offenses weren't quite as good or looked a little different this year. It's going to be interesting to see. Does Oklahoma figure it out that they need to get better defensively to emerge from just being the best of the Big 12 to a team that can compete for a national title? Texas – they are in a position right now where they need to have a good year or they're going to be thinking hard about whether Tom Herman is their future there and they begin that whole cycle of looking at coaches again. Because Oklahoma is still the flag bearer, the standard bearer in the Big 12. But they don't look like Oklahoma should look like in terms of the national playoff atmosphere. They look like an inferior team compared – and I don't think they would have fared much better against Clemson or Ohio State. Um, and again, most people thought that LSU was a better draw for them. I, 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 again, I didn't see it that way, and I think clearly they dominated. I think one thing that game showed is kind of where Oklahoma is, where Oklahoma needs to be. And I look at it a little different. You know, a lot of the Oklahoma fans, I've been told, feel like, well, they're a Big 12 team, and how are they going to get better? I don't look at Oklahoma as a Big 12 team. I look at Oklahoma as a team any more than I look at Clemson as an ACC team. Clemson is a national power. There's every reason to believe that Oklahoma and Texas could be national powers. Now, Texas hasn't been close and hasn't done it, and they got a long, way away, long ways to go to get it there. Oklahoma has been in the conversation, but they're not good enough defensively, and they've not been able to finish and play the complementary type football needed to win a national title. So, but they can figure that out. They, those two programs, have a national profile and perspective that goes beyond just Big 12 football, SEC football, ACC football, Pac-12 football, Big 10 football. Ohio State's, uh, you know, Big Ten team. Ohio State's from the Big Ten. They're a national power. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Texas could be that. Oklahoma should be that, and I think have missed an opportunity. They've got to get back to the grassroots of being an elite recruiting program with lots and lots of defensive players that will line up on Sundays in the NFL and be great dominant impact players that could take the defense to the next level. I, I think that's really important to keep in mind. Now, with that said, and people saying, oh, you can't do it, it hadn't been done, it can be done. I give to you the example of what LSU went through for quite a few years with an offense that really had no answer, had no direction, had no spark. That kept them from behind. They made a change and a commitment. And yes, it was a magical year. 
but that year would have not been for would not have been seen and come to fruition it you not had all the parts come together i think just the coaching hire and i think alex grinch is really good defensive coordinator but to expect that the coordinator and to think that the coordinator problem it was going to fix it at oklahoma is short-sighted and not understanding of where the issues are okay um it wasn't play calling there Brent Venables is one of the best, and he got torched against LSU's offense. It's about personnel. And I think that's where, you know, LSU made a commitment. LSU had really good personnel on offense, and they went out and made a substantive change that took the program to the next level. So the point of I'm making is you can do it, Texas. You can do it, Oklahoma. There, there's a path to do it. There's an understanding to do it. There's resources to do it. But if you think of yourself as a quote-unquote Big 12, and I think that's a good thing. Big 12's a really good league. That's why we've got a show named Big 12 and behind, beyond that we talk about. But being just a Big 12 team that's quote-unquote not good enough, that is not giving yourself enough credit. That's not giving yourself enough of an understanding that you can get there. You're not there now, but you can get there, but you must focus on what needs to be done, and it's rooted in personnel. Coaching's a big part of it, but you need to become a better, more complimentary team that can run the football, run four-minute offense, as well as you run two-minute offense. So that's a good way to end it for today's show, Big 12 and beyond. Hey, tomorrow, be sure to join us as we're going to get into the Pac-12 and beyond. We're going to have a lot to react to nationally, and certainly we're going to get into all the latest news and notes around recruiting, transfer portal, um, coaching movement around the Pac-12. Please spread the word again. Everyone go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you're going to find all of these podcasts. And a reminder again to make the phone ring, a call or a text to our great friends at 401k Generation, Eddie Rojas, 1-866-998-5879, licensed in all 50 states. Thank them for sponsoring this podcast, and we hope that you will um patronize them check out landryfootball.com to get all the unique film room insights inside information every day seven days a week all year around college football the nfl recruiting college football the draft free agency nfl we got it all covered for you coaching searches you name it got it all for you at landryfootball.com take advantage of the 50 percent discount $4.99 a month if you take advantage of the 12-month year discount package. Appreciate you joining us. Tell everybody, join us Monday through Friday here as we break down college football. And Landry Football's conference call, Big 12 football and beyond. Talk to you tomorrow with some Pac-12 football and beyond.